Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to The Stacks, a podcast about books and the people who read them. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and it is our first episode of 2023. Welcome back, party people. Today, I'm speaking with Chelsea Devontis. Chelsea is a stand-up comedian, actor, Emmy-nominated TV writer, and filmmaker. She's also the host of the Celebrity Book Club with Chelsea Devontis podcast, where she breaks down and recaps some of the best and worst celebrity memoirs. Today, Chelsea and I talk about the role of celebrity memoirs in the culture, her forthcoming book of essays, and a few celebrity memoirs we simply cannot wait to read. Our January book club selection is The Meaning of Mariah Carey, written by Mariah Carey with Michaela Angela Davis. We will discuss it on January 25th with Chelsea Devontes. Quick reminder, everything we talk about on each episode of The Stacks can be found in the link in the show notes. And we now offer episode transcripts, which you can also find in the show notes. New year, new you, right? Well, why not jump on the Stacks pack this year and support the work of this podcast? The Stacks is a completely independent Black woman-run podcast, and we rely on the support of listeners to make this show every single week. When you join the Stacks Pack for as little as $5 a month, not only are you supporting the work of this podcast, but you also get things like bonus episodes, our lively Discord community, a monthly virtual book club, and from now until the end of January, our incredible reading tracker, which will help you with that New Year's resolution to read more. It's super easy to join. Head to patreon.com slash the stacks and be a part of the Stacks Pack. A special shout out to our newest members of the Stacks Pack, Taylor Sutherland, Emily McDowell, Sarah Davis, and Colleen Mullaney. Thank you all so much and thank you to the entire Stacks Pack. All right, now it's time for my conversation with Chelsea Devontes. All right, everybody, it is the first episode of 2023, and I am so excited to be joined to kick off this year with Chelsea Devantes. She is the host of the Celebrity Book Club podcast, and you'll freaking love that show if you haven't listened yet. It's a great time, and you'll be even more excited because we're doing Mariah Carey later this month. But Chelsea's also a TV writer. She's writing her own book, which we're going to talk about today, hopefully, if she's allowed to talk about it. It's coming out later this year. Um, So Chelsea, welcome to The Stacks. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe I'm kicking off the year, but I feel very honored by that choice. Like we can like really bring the vibes to a, to what we want for 2023. That's exactly right. And it's funny because we're obviously not recording this the first week of the, the new year. But when I was thinking about who I wanted to have for January, I was like, who do I want to have to bring vibes to the new year? And also, who do I want to end my personal year with? And I was like, I want someone fun. I want someone who's got a personality. I want someone who loves books, but also doesn't take things too seriously. So that's why I was like, Chelsea, hopefully she says yes. She's my gal. I am thrilled to be chosen and I'm thrilled to be considered all those things. Thank you. So let's just start kind of where we always start. Can you just tell people a little bit about yourself? Yes. So hmm, where to begin? I'll begin. I'll begin most recently, which is that uh, I'm a TV writer. I was just writing on a show called Not Dead Yet, which is not out yet not out yet and and, not and also called not dead yet. Um, my mom did text me last week and said, which episode of um, 
which episode of Dead to Me is yours? And I said, none. I wasn't on that show. About, our show's not even out. She watched all three seasons looking for my name. Um, yeah, it wasn't going to happen. So, What a good mom, though. How I know, supportive. such a sweetheart. Yeah. So I just wrapped on that, and I'm currently developing my own TV shows with 20th Century Fox, which I'm super excited about. Before that, I was Jon Stewart's head writer for his comeback on Apple. And then years before that, he actually gave me my first TV writing job on a show of his that never even came out, but we spent a year on it. Um, Then I've written on a bunch of other shows and I'm the host of Celebrity Book Club with Chelsea DeMontes, um, very specific about the title. And we recap and celebrate women's memoirs. Sometimes we do a memoir, a a, a men's memoir, but not often. Um, I really like to elevate the women's books because they are actually written so differently, uh, honestly, mm. from the men's usually. And, and I love them so, so very much, which is why I say we celebrate them. Sometimes, sometimes we'd be making fun of them. You know, we call yeah. out the flaws, but I actually really fucking love those books. Oh, can I swear on this podcast? Yes. It's okay. basically all we do. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Um, So yeah, so I host that podcast and yeah, that's me. Okay. That was a great intro. I have First of all, I have a very specific and to the point question. Are you doing Spare by Prince Harry on your show? So I've really gone back and forth because it's a men's moir. I'm already like, I don't know. And I'm actually leaning towards no. And here's why. I know. Tell me. Because I put on the Meghan and Harry Netflix documentary. Yeah. And I actually maybe made it five minutes before I was no longer watching it. And Mm. I know this is going to sound weird, but it really startled me that they had separately taken solo selfie videos during the tumultuous time at the castle. Um, You know, they're like, I just can't believe this is happening. I'm like, wait a minute. Why did you each separately turn on your camera and record these like, you know, ITMs I guess for this later documentary and I'm here to love them. I want to be on their side, but I just sort of felt like, you know, I think it might be a little too curated for me, including the fact that I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. I trust his men's more. That's, that's the honest truth. Okay. Okay. I will just say this casually. Okay. If you decide to do it, I must do it with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, now that might change me. If that's okay. your book, then maybe we got to cover this. Uh, Well, so here's the thing about me. Every book is potentially my book because I love to read books and talk about books. And I also am happy to talk about something that I love or something that I don't love. So I'm like one of those people. I'm like, whatever you want to read, we can read. But we'll we'll circle back. Okay, okay, we'll come back to Harry. I want to know. I've heard you talk a little bit about like your relationship to celebrity memoirs. You've read them since you were young. Um, I think you said Jane Fonda's was maybe your first or Delta Burks was my first, but Jane Fonda was an early on book as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got like a long history with this. I want to know why you decided to turn your love of celebrity memoirs into a podcast and like what, what made you say, you know what, we should be celebrating these books more. You know, it was truly, truly a surprise to me that this podcast <laughs> happened, which I can't believe given how how it is such a big part of my life now, how it's it's something I deeply treasure. I don't have time for it and I just keep fucking doing it. Doing it. Because <laughs> it means so much to me. So it is pretty wild how it came about because I do, listen, I'm a little try hard. I'm, he- I'm here to make effort. I got ambition and I did not want a podcast. I was like, I do not want to be another comedian with a podcast. Like I am good on that. And what happened is that I was on a girl's trip, drunk in a hot tub, reading Jessica Simpson's open book because I had it so on pre-order, good. brought it with me on the trip. All the girls in the house also worked in TV. So they were all taking a nap. I was out in this hot tub, just like, I think I had a tiara on because someone had brought tiaras. <laughs> you know, I'm just like reading this book. And I was like, man, this book is her memoir is just way better than most. And also mm-hmm. than unfortunately you would expect from her because of the way culture had painted her. And so yeah. I, from the hot tub, I was like, everybody got to know how good this book is. So I get out my phone, taking pictures of the pages and I start sort of uh, scrapbooking slash spark noting Jessica Simpson's open memoir on my Instagram stories. So I'm pulling quotes, I'm making thoughts I'm, and I'm just sharing it. And people responded like crazy. Either they were Mm. like, I love celebrity memoirs too. Or they were like, I can't believe how good this book is. And I was like, well, if you think that book's good, you should like hear about some of my others. And I had previously 
kept this part of me a secret because, okay. <laughs> because, and now I'm like, I cannot believe it. But, you know, it's so wild to me that these books have existed for so long of mm-hmm. like them or not the most powerful women in our culture opening up the intimate details of their life, how they got there, what they've lived through, even the like glossy fake ones still have dirt and juice in them. They've been around for the whole time, giving us the secrets to who they are and and how they got there. And somehow culture painted them as trash lit, as idiotic, like money grabbing, like little slutty books. (laughs) So (laughs) I, and I had given into it where I was like, I don't want anyone to, I want people to think I'm smart. Cool. So I'm like not going to tell them that I read these books as if they are my weekly Bible, depending on which one's out. Right. So anyways, I was like, oh, you got to read these other books. And um, people were like, this needs to be a podcast. And I said, no, thank you. And then, um, (laughs) but then very quickly was like, maybe it should be a podcast. And the pandemic hit about two weeks after I put this podcast. So I put this podcast pitch together on February 19th. 2020. Oh my gosh. Yep. Wow. And then um, oddly, the pandemic created this space where I've never done a recording in person ever. It was always oh, wow. over Zoom. I was always alone in my room. And I was really intensely facing myself and who I was. And mm. life was and is really scary and hard. But I had this come to Jesus moment where I decided like I didn't want to hide who I was anymore. Mm. And I, before the podcast started, I had a moment with my best friend, Kenzie, where I said, I don't think I can talk about these books without sharing parts of my life that I've never shared before. Not even with like, like even my best friend, Kenzie, you know, she knew my, the details of my life, but I hadn't even gone into depth, you know, with her. Right. I was just not a very sharing person. And, um, she really, her and my therapist brought me to a place where they're like, you know, I think you can safely do this without wrecking your mental health. And I started opening up while talking about the books and it totally changed my whole life. Wow. Oh my God. I love that. You said so many things that I want to talk about. One of the things I want to touch on is sort of like about why maybe we don't take these books seriously. And I think there's like a really obvious answer, which is probably like sexism, right? Yeah. But I love, you know, I'm a person whose brand is to be a somewhat serious reader, and I love them. I've read so many. Like, I I read Jessica Simpson, a person that I was like, someone was just like, it's really good. I was like, okay, fine. Demi Moore, a person I do not care about. I've read hers. Hers is fantastic. Phenomenal book. Phenomenal. Same. same. I was like, I'm not going to like this book. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites. I do read some of the men's ones. Like I read Will Smith. There is a, uh, I don't know if you're into sports, but there's a basketball player named Andre Iguodala, whose mm-hmm. book is called The Sixth Man. Is it good? And it is one of the best sports memoirs wow. I've ever read. It's wow. fantastic. His ghostwriter, I can't remember who it is, but his ghostwriter is a fucking genius. Like I was blown away. And he's the sixth man on the Warriors. Like That's he's not so even funny. Steph Curry. He's yeah. like very- Some people are really meant to have books. They just really are. It sounds like he is one of them. Yeah. Yes, totally. But so like, I guess the question is less, why don't we take them seriously? And the question I guess more is why are they so popular? Like, why do we like having books that we think are trash, but also like just like devour ravenously as a culture? Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that. I do think times have shifted. I think now we're all devouring them ravenously. I do think there was a moment in time where we really treated them like garbage. (laughs) Right. You know what I sure. mean? Like, I think you're right. and, if, and still, if you go to a yard sale, you are going to find a celebrity memoir, which is also yes. the reason to go to them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I guess all I can do is speak for myself when I say that, like, this is going to sound ridiculous, but like when you're a child, having fairy tales um, really help you the same way, I guess, uh, when we used to teach children about like Greek stories. But basically, you have these like, icons and players that represent these like certain stereotypes and they kind of help you understand like morality in the world and blah, 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 blah. I think that's what celebrity memoirs are for adults where like we have these characters, these like icons who represent, you know, Jessica Simpson, who was representing being like the dumbass blonde, you know, and then, right, and right. like, you know, what is it chicken or tuna, whatever. And then you have like your Jane Fonda, who's known for being an activist and maybe being anti the Vietnam war and like such a right. bitch, you know, and we, right. we know them, we know their lives, we know their love stories. And then you open up these books and you you just shift your entire 
understanding not only of them as a human, but then of what culture was doing to you in the moment they were shaping your culture. Mm. So like, I still remember being at the grocery store, looking at Us Weekly and Jessica Simpson's on the cover with those jeans with huge pockets and the black tank top. And they're like, she's fat. (laughs) She's the fattest person we've ever seen. And I remember looking at it going, yeah, she's a whale. Also, I, uh, at that point in time was being called the same things in high school, you know? And I was like, and I'm a whale and this is the worst thing in the world. And you read her book. She's like, you know, I did not want to like fat shame or make other people feel bad. But let me tell you the truth at that moment. I was a size four. I was 120 pounds. I said, what? I remember those photos. I go, I Google it. I drop to the floor. My soul never came back. Yeah. My brain now as an adult looking at those photos, it's just the smallest human. It's just the smallest yeah, it's human. It's like the dreamiest body ever. The dreamiest, <laughs> tiniest, most minuscule yes. And I'm saying minuscule is important because they were calling her huge, you know? Yes. And yes. that shaped me and how I saw my body and how I saw other yeah. people's bodies. And then to like go in her memoir and and realize also what she was going through at the time. She was getting out of this like really abusive relationship with John Mayer. Right. All of a sudden, like all the moments I was so cruel and awful to myself, just have this like little domino, like, you know, like, oh, that was perceived wrong because of how people wrote about her. And now that she's telling us who she is, I can like change my own self. Right, right. That's so interesting. Because I do, I remember that so well too. Yeah. Like, because it's not like I remember those moments. And I also still think of her as like, remember when she got really fat? Yes. Like, that's like a story that I tell myself about Jessica Simpson, even after having read her book and knowing that it's not true. But like, it's so ingrained in her narrative that we've been taught that like, she was skinny and then she got fat and she let herself go or something like. I mean, it's ingrained in her own narrative. Like, you know, the the, the sweet little ghostwriter or somebody in that book's wrote these really beautiful things about that specific chapter about not hating your own body, not projecting hate onto other people's bodies. Later in the book, she's like, I have been such, I have abused alcohol and pills so intensely that the doctor is telling me if I get this tummy tuck, I will die and my children will be, will be motherless. And I'm still going to do it because I'm so ugly. It's in the same book. You know, you're like, no, right, yes, no, we, were right. supposed to, we learned this in the previous <laughs> we, we moved on. And she goes, trust me, I was so hideous that I brought my mom into the room. She said, Jessica, please don't kill yourself. You need to be alive. This isn't worth it. And then she goes, then I got naked, N-E-K-K-E-D. So naked. I got fully naked. And basically her mom looks at her body and is like, yeah, okay, let's go to the plastic surgeon. And they're all <sighs> like, it, it would be better for you to be dead than to have some excess skin on your body from like having children. And so I, I'm not gonna, I don't think she learned from her own book right. either. But right. I right. I do find kind of processing and talk about these things have really reshaped like reshaped how I look at myself. And I I've like grown immensely in really positive directions by getting to see make someone else grow positively and negatively. Right. One of the things I love about your podcast and just you in general from everything, everything I hear you talk about is like, you do such a good job of, like you said, celebrating these books and like celebrating these stories. You can tell that you're a fan, you know, like of the form when you listen to the show. And I'm wondering, like, for yourself, for your personal identity, you're a TV writer, you've, you've been an actress, you've like, you've done all these things. Where do you, when you list off, I'm Chelsea Devantes, like, where does podcast host of celebrity book club person come in like on like for you like do you identify as that first because it just feels like you're so in that I'm like (laughs) does this is this her I know it's not like your a1 but like is does it feel like your a1 in your heart it's it's my a1 in my heart it is the last thing on my career list (laughs) I honestly wish it wasn't there I mean, I, I am, uh, I worked so hard to be these other things where even just being like a commentator on other people's art, I take really seriously because I spend my life creating the same right. art. There are people right. I talk about who I am with at events. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, like we can, uh, sure. I also think to toot my own little horn. Um, it is also <laughs> what makes me, I think a little bit good for this type of podcast. I think it's, it's so easy to be vicious about Mm -hmm. celebrities and pop stars Mm -hmm. and like make fun of people, which is like, you know, totally fun and fine. But 
I wanted to be an artist. I wanted their lives. Honestly, lots of people want their lives. Like whether they want yeah. their specific lives or not, like the idea of like money or attention or praise or beauty is like things people want. So I don't find like a lot of worth in being like, aren't they so fucking stupid? Because people usually doing that, this is a lesson I've learned regardless of the fucking books. The people in my life who would be like, oh my God, that fucking sucks. That fucking sucks. That fucking sucks. The moment they were offered the chance to do that thing, they would do it, which is all good. But I don't like when people tear certain things down. I think it kind of like points to something inside you, you know? Something inside them, yeah. Something. And so I really tried to pay attention to myself of like, like these are people creating art. And even when I think like they're a fucking dumbass or perhaps the book was, uh, is more of a magazine. Okay. Like J-Lo's. Yes, not a- <laughs> An extended <laughs> magazine. Um, which was also what her documentary was it's hard she's she cannot drop the curation for a moment and then she'll attempt to do curated vulnerability and she still misses and she'll she said it in her documentary she said no one will ever know what i'm thinking or what i'm feeling very proud of that and i said that is clear that is clear very clear but she knows vulnerability sells for women right now in this moment so she keeps trying but yeah she's like trying to do it but she's it's a performance at vulnerability yeah yeah and so it's it's but even that even that there's some like gems in her book that like really did like touch my heart so anyways you said is is i don't like I love being a podcast host and I also like, it, it's the thing I should stop doing. Like I am too busy for this. I should stop <laughs> doing it. And I don't because I love it so much, but uh, yeah. Okay. Because we're, because you've talked about not shitting on things. I'm going to make you shit on something. Okay. What's the worst, what's the worst celebrity memoir you've ever read? Um, also, by the way, if you, if it deserves, if you truly, it has earned being shit on, I always shit on it. Okay. I'm I love shitting shit on things. On yeah. I just don't think, I think it's funny to shit on things when you don't actually mean it. <laughs> you know, where yeah. you just like, you hate it because it causes you pain, not because it deserves hate. Um, right, right, right. A book that really, 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 I infamously hated and felt really bad about it because I don't like tearing books down was Liz Fair's. It like gave me the oh, ick. It made me feel really? sick. Yeah. I don't know I, anything about her. I didn't really either. I didn't, I kind of went in with open arms. She's like a kind of Chicago, uh, She's got Chicago that one musician. Song. Yeah. Yeah. But she, she meant a lot to a lot of people in a certain yeah. moment in time. And so, yeah, someone else chose her book, my, my friend Katie from Chicago. And the book was like, uh, it, I felt repulsed from it and it, it's called horror stories. So I think oh, she God. purposefully was like, let me tell the worst stories I can think of, but in doing so really made me be like, you're a bad person who actually hasn't lived through that much. Um, uh, yeah, it was like, it, oh, God, it was stories about, like, <laughs> I, I honestly don't even want to pass them on. They're like, hard, it's like ignoring a dog and then the dog is dying. Like, I just, oh. I didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on from that. You're writing a book? Yes. Are you excited? Yes. <laughs> Are you terrified? Terrified. 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 Sometimes I have. I had a pretty intense panic a week ago where I was like, what am I doing? what am I doing? Like, <laughs> why am I going to do this? And I really and you're going to do it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> have you done your final pass? Like, are you done with it? I'm or in you the middle have... of the final pass now. So I did, okay. I, I finished the first draft um, this summer before uh, my wedding. And then life got so intense. I was like developing some TV shows and the wedding and I had to push the book, which I've never really never pushed a deadline in my life. I really reached my limit with writing a book because it's so hard. And um, I couldn't do the rewrite and like do the wedding at the same time. So the the book got pushed to a winter. So now I'm supposed to turn in the final draft in three weeks. Okay, fantastic. It's going to be great. We're rooting for you. you. We will, of course, share with everyone once it comes out. But here's what I want to know. You are a person like myself who talks about books. I am famously not a writer, so I will never be writing a book, hopefully, knock on wood. So I have no problem talking about books freely, comfortably. It's not never going to be me. Now it's going to be you. Do you feel like you've taken anything that you've learned from reading celebrity memoirs and like brought it into your book? Do you think of your book as a celebrity memoir because you are sort of a celebrity? Like, how are you thinking about your book in relationship to the work that you do? I don't think it's definitely not a celebrity memoir in that, like, I think, uh, 
hopefully people will read about it. We'll be reading about my life being like, who is this again? (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that by hopefully as in like, hopefully more people buy the book uh, than who know me personally, like more than my friends and family. Um, (laughs) But it is a very similar format where like, I'm, I'm not doing start to finish. Uh, Basically every chapter is a title of a woman in my life who, and then the story is kind of through line to that, but they really are the kind of like the big iconic moments in my life. Some of the women's names are like enemies. You know, it's like, it's just like women shaped me, loved me, were my heroes, were my villains, were everything from celebrities in my life to, you know, friends to teachers. So it's kind of all throughout. And um, I definitely took so, so much. I mean, just even from like, I'm not going to tell you like what my grandparents did for a living in the book. Do you know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Right. That is something in celebrity memoirs. And then my granddad, it's like, no, stop. No, stop. stop. I can't get to Hollywood. (laughs) I I cannot go two generations back. Like you can give me your, like, unless it has a purpose in your story. I think also the reason I shaped my book the way I did is that sometimes, oftentimes celebrity memoirs are just sort of like, there's this structure where it's like, and then, and then, and then, and it's kind of like a, a montage of childhood mm. moments or a montage of a moment in life. It's like the food was like this, my grandma this, one time this, and it's kind of, you, you're just kind of in this like mush of someone's life versus like, tell me a story, beginning, middle, and themes, takeaways. Right. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's really, I really tried to craft things like that. And I'm doing my best right now not to get lost in my own sauce. I don't know if I'll succeed. But I right. I am trying to remember something that I think a lot of celebrity memoirs in particular forget, which is that this is for other people to read for entertainment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just like, and then here's a list of songs. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's a list of songs and just kind of what year I recorded them. And I, I'm trying right. to remember um, sort of purpose. And, and I'm really trying to remember who I was as a teenager when I picked up these books and I needed something so badly from them and the Mm. times when I got something and how it truly they were life-changing for me I'm hoping to put something like that in my book so that if someone ever picks it up like it can I can pass on like what was given to me you know right right oh I'm sure you will I feel like there's always like really great takeaways on your show when you talk about your life and stuff so I feel like if that's any inclination, I'm I'm assuming your book's going to have that too, which will be fantastic. I hope so. Uh, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be great. We're rooting for you. Everyone's rooting for you. Uh, I'm sure your publisher is too. I don't know who they are, but I'm sure they want you to do well they too. They do. They would know. like if I wrote a good book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'd be, they'd be happy. Um, <laughs> how, how much, how do you break down your life? How much of your life is actually dedicated to doing the show and how much of your life is everything else that you do? And- how much reading are you doing? Um, so hmm, great point. Let's see if I can do this. So when I was on the show, um, the show I was just on, and I'm usually writing on a TV show, that's kind of like a 14-hour day. Um, yeah. It's pretty intense. <laughs> and so then in the evenings, so like to go to sleep, I'll read. Sometimes I'll read a book in like one setting. The one thing keeping me going is that I'm an extremely fast reader. Um, I'm, oh, I've been a very fast dreamy. reader. I know. Ever since I was a kid. Um, yeah. So I read very fast. So that's good. I always read with a pen, which really helps me. So like I kind of making the beat sheets for the podcast. As I, you go. I go through the book and see like what I marked up again. And it kind of all comes back to me. And then on the weekends, I'm usually like writing scripts. I try to have a little bit of a social life. Um, Oh my gosh. And then the podcast, it's like I listen to the edits while I'm driving to work and like do my own edits on top of the producers because I can't seem to seize control. And um, I'm familiar with that. Yep. Yep. You know how that goes. (laughs) I Um, know how that is. I... There are times, and I know I've made the joke a lot, but there are moments where I'm like, how am I going to do this? And then there'll be pockets of time, like the time I'm in right now, where I catch up, where we're just going to mm. like do a ton of books all at once. Um, so that's kind of how it's going. And I do worry that if I get on set soon, that uh, that I'd have to take a podcast break, which I've never done. I've never done it either. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's <sighs> It's also I, like, this is like such a core. I feel like the the processing on the podcast is like a, such a core of my, um, I don't know, positivity, mental health, something. I, it's hard to give it up. 
That's that's really nice. I was going to say it's such a core, just like my routine. Like yeah. I just know how my life is going because shows come out on Wednesday. Like, yeah, where am I? Have I done the edits for Wednesday? Like, where are we? Yes. Um, but I sometimes fantasize about taking a break. And then I know. But the thing about me is if I take a break, I'll never come back. Oh, no. Then you can never take a break. I can never take a break. I mean, I had fucking twins and didn't take a break. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I, every Wednesday? I took a break. I took a break, but I pre-recorded everything. That's, that's, yeah. So my mm-hmm. kids came in December, but because they were twins, I thought they could come early. So I finished recording and like had everything done by November 2019. They came in December and then I didn't record again until February 2020. And I used to record in person. And then the pandemic. That's right. And I, I was like having to go back to work with three-month-old twins in a fucking pandemic. It was a nightmare, but we've never missed an episode. So oh, I don't I, think I'll ever take a break. I love that. I mean, same thing. I, I took a fake break by pre-recording a bunch and then during the break caught up for the next. <laughs> it was yes. like ridiculous. Yes. That's what I'm doing. Today is my last day of working when you and I are talking and then I'm taking a break for two weeks, great, but great. I'll be just reading for the first five weeks of the year. Of so course, whatever. Of course. Um, okay. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. <laughs> Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, we're back. I did not prep you for this. We do a thing called Ask the Stacks where people write in and they ask questions for us to answer. Normally, someone writes in, but this time I have seized the reins. I'm asking you a question because I love celebrity memoir and I get to ask you some book recommendations. Great, so I love sorry, it. whoever wrote in, I'm, I'm ruining your life. Um, here's what I want to know. I love a celebrity memoir. I do listen to a lot of them on audiobooks. Are there any great celebrity memoirs from like the past a little bit, maybe from like pre-2010 that are really juicy and great that are narrated by the author? Do you know? Oh, are you an audiobook person? I'm actually, I'm only a physical book copy person. Oh, I, I take okay. notes in them and I, and I can't, it. I can almost never do the episode any other way. But I do believe Jane Fonda 
recorded hers. That's hers. Now, hers is 600 pages long. Yeah, I'm questioning that. But, but it's great. It is great. And also, it came out in 2005, which is the year I read it in. And it's taught me. I think it's why uh, I like inclusivity was always a part of my like feminism mm. and activism. I think was Jane Fonda, which I because I, I I didn't I didn't always have the best education, and so I was like, <laughs> where did how did I know this? How was this like in my bones? Mm. I think in part was her book um, because mm. she, oh my god, in her book she's talking about climate change and how it's her dedication to fight it in two thousand five. That is years before it becomes popular. She is talking about racial issues in a way where you're like, Jane Fonda, you got this right? (laughs) Right, right, um, right. Okay. So that one's really good. Um, Let me think of another. I I don't know if they're audio books. It's okay if they're not audio. I can can suss that out myself. um, Okay, Carol Burnett. uh, Great. Really? Yeah, really great one. Delta Burks was my first one. So it always has a special place in my heart. It is a half style book. She will I teach you some, you that. some makeup tips. Um, <laughs> okay. But I really, I really loved the other parts of that. Um, it's tough because I read them when I was young, but it's like Brett Butler's had such a lasting impact on me. I don't me. even know who Brett Butler is. She uh, she was a famous does, comedian does at the time. Women? No. Star, no. Um, and she, yeah, her book just had a lot of trauma in it. It really spoke to me. Roseanne Barr's book, it's like a different mm. Roseanne. But, you know, I was looking for, like, comedians' books. Like, right. those were some, like, oh, my God, um, Catherine Hepburn's book. Oh. Um, yeah. Those are some really good ones. Okay. I love it. Thank you. I'm going to think I'm going to start with Jane Fonda. Okay. We're going to get to all the Stacks Books questionnaires. You, you do not have to only answer with celebrity memoirs, just okay. so you know. You can, but, if you have other books. But, but if you I... only answer, that's fine. You have my permission to do whatever you want. But I didn't want you to think, like, celebrity memoirs. Okay. Two books you love, one book you hate. I love Demi Moore's Inside Out. I love, um, I just read Betty Gilpin's memoir, um, Mm. All the Smart Women in, uh, sorry, All the Women in My Brain. They're not all smart. Got it. Um, (laughs) I hated Matthew Perry's memoir. That one seemed like. It was a fun hate. Really icky. It was like a fun hate read, but I didn't, I wasn't a fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what's the last just fucking great book you read? Last great, great book I read. So I've been reading tons of celebrity memoirs. Um, other than Betty Gilpin's, I also really loved Brandy Carlisle's. And mm. I became a huge fan of her music to the point that I read the book on Monday. I was seeing her in concert on a Friday. It was Kismet. Were you not just, a fan before? No, I had no idea who she was. Okay, so this memoir has come up on the podcast by a music writer guy, and he was saying like, oh, it's so great. And I was like, I don't know who she is. He's like, you'll love it. But he was a huge fan. And I was like, I don't fucking believe you for a second. I had no idea who she was. I have uh, also the audiobook is incredible on hers. Any musician who does a memoir, the audiobook is the one to go to because it'll have music in it. Right. Um, Well, the Mariah Carey one, I'm told she sings. She She sings. She does impressions. Um, oh my god! I yeah, can't yeah. wait. That's how I'm gonna read it. Oh, her, audio. oh hers is an incredible audiobook. Um, yeah, Brandy Carlos. I was like, who is this? Someone wanted to do my podcast. I was like, I guess. I started playing her music as I was reading it. There are certain parts where she's talking about songs, and so I started playing the songs, and then I put it on my podcast when we were talking about that part. I would put the song in that part because it <laughs> deeply moved me. I think she's she's in my top five musical artists at this point. Oh my um, God. Okay. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, what are you reading right now? Right now, I am in the middle of RuPaul's memoir uh, for the podcast. I also am reading Lessons in Chemistry, which is a fiction book oh, yeah. that my friend recommended. Mm-hmm. I'm also in the middle of Vanishing Half and I'm in the middle of Kindred, which I also started watching on FX. So am I've I going to finish I the book? I'm the enjoying show. it. <laughs> The book is fantastic. I've not watched the show yet. I've heard from people they're very different. So my understanding is that like they start in the same place but really diverge. Yeah. So you might end up with like two totally different experiences. And you know what? I have to say like I really have been looking for good shows to watch. This is so – I can't believe I'm saying this on a book podcast. I might go for the show. <laughs> like I might – Go for the show. I, might do I the do show that all the time. I've been, I've been really liking it. And I I was telling um, my husband – oh, I'm newly married. So every time I say husband, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, but I was telling my husband yesterday, um, one thing I like about the show, it is it has a – It's even though it's on FX, it's not taking itself – it's not like totally up its own ass. It's kind of mm-hmm. just like a good, juicy show. Like 
I say this in a positive way, but there's a little bit of like a network quality or a little bit of a CW Mm. to it in a Mm. way that I am enjoying. Like it's not um, an unknowable or unaccessible show. It's like it's there for the taking. I would I would describe the book like that also. Like I feel like Kindred is that's the one whenever people are like Octavia Butler, I'm like, start there. That's the one where you can start. That's the entry point. It is science fiction. It is speculative fiction, but it's not, you're not going to galaxies. You'll know all the words. You don't have to create, like, there's no middle earth. Like, you're just in the South. You're in LA, you're in the South. We're time travelers. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Front and back. What are some books that you're looking forward to reading? When I reached out to you, you said there's a bunch of really exciting celebrity memoirs coming out at the beginning of the next year. So I'd love to hear which ones you're excited about. Kristen Chenoweth is coming out with a second book. (gasps) Very oh excited for that. Um, okay. Pamela Anderson is coming out with a book. Now, judging from her blog and what she said about the book, I don't think there was an editor and I don't <laughs> think there's any commas or grammar. Um, okay, this is perfect. I think it's going to be just a free range Pam Anderson okay. word dump. And I'm looking forward to just like seeing what's up. You know, um, we're going to do it for our Valentine's Day episode. We're mostly going to focus on hers, but I'm also going to pull in Tommy Lee's book and what he said about okay. her. I love doing, okay. uh, I love when couples who particularly have broken up, have memoirs. Uh, he said, she said. A little he said, she said. Um, and then uh, Paris Hilton's giving us a memoir. She is someone else. Talk about curated vulnerability. My tough take on her is that, like, I think she she really did open up with with what happened to her um, in those high schools that, they, that her parents sent her off to. But, and I wanted to go there, but I've looked into it. And it's like, she also found like, oh, right now it's, super hot to be vulnerable and open up and like talk about trauma. So right. I'm going to like kind of do it a little bit, but I'm still the same old person. So I'm, I'm interested to see what's in that book. I just want to know, I want to know what's inside it. Um, Anne Hesch has a oh. posthumous memoir coming out. Um, right. Her first one's like really incredible to look back on and we're bringing it on the podcast, but you know, her first one's call me crazy and it's really about being um, queer in a society that rejects that. And her second book's called Call Me Anne. And she was Mm. writing it before she died. And I think there's like a lot to be learned about um, what makes a woman crazy, what made a woman crazy in the 90s and early 2000s, and how like maybe that was your only option if you didn't want to be subdued or bludgeoned into something else. Um, So I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited for that. How do you decide what you're going to read next? Like, do you go off recommendations from friends? Are you just like scouring the celebrity memoir blogs? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we really are paying attention to just like, it's kind of a little bit easy because it's like what's coming out. So definitely like new, new hot releases. We have like the upcoming schedule also because I am writing a book and I have a book agent. Like we have Mm. access to all the like literary up and comings. Right, uh, right, right. So that makes it easy. Then it's just a decision of like, am I going to read Harry Styles? Harry Styles. Am I going to read Prince Harry's memoir or not? You know, and, and yes. there are. Yes, you are. Yeah. And the answer <laughs> is now maybe. <laughs> um, but that kind of makes it easy. And then there's just, I have stacks of books in my office of just tons of memoirs I've already read. They've already been out. And so then I'll go and fill it in with those books. Yeah, I love you're going to read Harry's just because the title is Fair. so yeah. perfect. Although it's, like it's so funny. It's if so you fucked. don't know British culture and you don't know that, you know, monarchs kids classically, you know, the kid that wasn't going to take the throne is called the spare. That was a very right. confusing title for many people when it came out. Oh, was it? Yeah. The heir, but it, but an the heir and a spare. spare. But the people who didn't yeah. know that were like, what? I guess. I Okay. Well, if you didn't know that, I guess it wasn't great. But when I saw that, I was like, oh. <gasps> Yeah. Yo, Incredible. he's coming for throats. Even if it's just in the title, he's like, fuck you guys. Yes. Fuck you guys. You treated me like shit. I fucking hate you. But I also love you. I love you, granny. I named my daughter after you, even though you guys were monsters to me. But it, we'll get there one day. <laughs> um, okay. You've talked about a lot of books you like to recommend. What's a what's like a book that someone recommended to you that you just loved? You know, um, I'm going to try and think of a non-celebrity memoir. Oh, in high school, my English teacher uh, gave us The Book of Embraces by Eduardo Galliano. And it's one of my favorite mm. books to this day. Something I never would have come across if it wasn't for her. Um, 
it's tough for people to recommend celebrity memoirs to me because I already know about them, you know, yes, but yes. <laughs> sometimes there's a book that someone will really push to read where I'm like, are you sure? And weirdly, Jeanette McCurdy's was that for me where I was like, yeah, I'll I cover it, one. but like whatever. But a friend was like so hard up for it. And it's the best to me. It's the best celebrity memoir of the year. Yeah. And so that, that was good. Yeah, that, that was, was good. good. Though, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about that one because I feel like one of the things that I really struggled with with that book, like I thought I loved how she wrote it in the vignettes. I thought that saved her. I thought that was like such a strong choice because it made the book move quickly. But one of the things that I think really frustrated me about not the book, but maybe the response to the book was how people were like, ah, celebrity children, like we should never do this, blah, blah, blah. And I felt like her book gave readers and people who like view celebrity culture from the outside an excuse to be like, all of the celebrities are freaks and weirdos because like, and and it felt like it like confirmed biases people have about actors in a way that I just was like, I don't know, this is sort of an easy, it's a hard read, but it's an easy read because of course her mother's a monster and she does all the monstrous things that a monster would do. And I don't know, there was just something about the way people responded to it that made me feel weird. I don't know if I'm articulating yeah, that right. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really fair point. I also think, I think if you specifically took her book and went like, oh, all celebrities, when really she's talking about child celebrities, which child. is- That's right. Sorry, that's very, child actors. I have to say like, and being in the business, like it is, it is truly majority fucked up parent who works as hard as you have to work to get your child to be a star, usually something very, very dark is going on. Having been around them myself, having known people who work in children's casting and quit because it is too sad. And I think specifically the fact that like only 15% of a child's wages are put aside for when they're 18 means all of that income is the family's. Um, there's this incredible documentary that I don't even remember the name of now. It was, it's really old, but it's about this famous apartment complex in LA where parents would stay with their kids in pilot season to get their kids roles. And like, oh my God. it is just, it's Ugh. really all of the same flavor and the same ilk. And yeah, though her mom was on the extreme side, I think even I do think it's a little bit of a fair, I think it's a fair take. You do. Okay. Well, I I'll do. take that from you. I do. And listen, I am someone who, when I was three years old, asked my mom how you get in the TV. She said, you get an agent. I said, let's get one. And she said, no, it'll ruin your life. I think she missed out on millions of dollars. Um, I, w- I, I, <laughs> I do still, too. I'm saying this is a fucked up industry. I'm like, you should have put me in. I bet I would have done great. So, <laughs> I, um, so I, but I mean, like, I think it's tough. The proportion of kids who became celebrities and are pretty intensely dealing with like substance issues, like even like the Olsen twins, like I think it's a really high percentage versus people who became actors like later in life, the percentage goes down a little. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, I liked the book. I did that on audio, but I think my best celebrity memoir of this year was Viola Davis. See, okay, so Viola Davis, I, I really, I also really loved that one. I am, at the end of the day, I, I'm a comedian. Viola, not a joke, not in sight. no comedy. Not I, I would say miles away from the book, and her Instagram now account me. is funny. It is a she good is funnier. Account. She is funny, and I think, I think it was so hard for her to tell that story because it is such a brutal story that there just wasn't space for that, and so it can't be my favorite only because I do want a few laughs. In a book, yeah. and, and I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. Now you're swaying me. I I think they were both great. I think it was, but both of them did the thing where it was like confirming our worst suspicions about Hollywood. Like all of these women are damaged, and like they very well might be. But I don't love it. I don't love it for us. I, that is, I love <laughs> that you're saying this. I mean, I am in Hollywood. It is brutal. It is. Yeah. Everyone tells you they're like, oh, the business is so hard. Oh my god, I went to acting school, big regret, but it actually, they're like, if you can do anything else, you should, it's brutal. And you're like, fuck you, I'm going to make it. And now yeah. that I'm here, I'm like, this is a thousand times worse than I ever could have imagined. And well, I try. I and also went sanity. to theater school yeah, okay. and I could do something different and I am doing something different, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I have so much, like, I, I am a, a industry adjacent, right? I have so many friends who are in Hollywood and in the theater and all these things. And I sort of feel like, I think what it is about those books is it's like, 
I think the industry really fucks you up and can really damage you too. And I would like a little more credit for that. I feel like it was too much like oh, my life is fucked up. So I became an actor. Oh, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yes. Do you know what no, I mean? No. Like well, where it's I like the industry only. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I agree. The industry is a nightmare. Also, Anyways, like, you those don't are, have to those be fucked up to get into the industry. Just look at Ariana Grande as told through Jeanette McCurdy's memoir. By the way, Jeanette McCurdy, not a good audiobook. That is a book that you is, didn't like it. Oh, I like well, it. I, I think not good in comparison to like if you could choose. That is a book to read oh. because the literary quality is so high. And when she is speaking through her book, because I've listened to some of it, she's really pushing through that. You know, what I mean, she's getting through it. She's she is. clicking. She is. versus someone in the audiobook who's like sit like you can hear Jessica Simpson get emotional. Um, you can yeah. hear them in the yeah. stories, and I think those make That's better audiobooks when you have to choose yeah. between them. I think as a book. Or as like a story, I think that Jeanette's is better. But as an audiobook, I did them both on audio. I think I liked Viola's more because her performance oh. is just, I mean, her fucking oh. voice. And she's giving, oh. she's giving you scenes yes. and she's giving you beats. Oh my God. She's as like, a, if I had listened to an audiobook, I bet I would have a different, again, I loved yeah. Viola's book. It was just, you know, yeah. it was it, all darkness. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad that those are two of your favorites because those are the two I read this year. So I feel like I hit good yeah, ones. Feel good. Feel good. good. And I did Will Smith's. But his was, his was good. But his also, that curated vulnerability. Oh, my God. His- to, to the moon. I, when Jada comes out, I'm going to do Jada and Will's together on the podcast because oh together, God. I think, we'll get a full tale. Is hers coming out this year? It's coming out 2023. Yeah, in the fall. I, can I do that? Yeah, you want to do that one? I want to do. You have to Jada do Will and, Will. and Jada's with. Yeah, yeah. I've already okay. read Will. I'm ready to do okay. Will. I've been okay. I've been dying to talk about Will's for a year for like since oh I God. read it. Okay, well, see, what are you doing? Are you doing Harry's? Or are you doing Jada? Is this is the ultimate Sophie's choice? I think I got to do Will and Jada. Okay, I, I like that for Because us. when I saw the slap, I was like, this makes sense. I'd finished the book the week before. I was like, oh, this fucking tracks. Oh, I could my God. see this it, coming it is... in reading the book. Yes. When I was it... reading the book, I was like, something dark, something dark this way comes. And then I see the slap and I was like, oh, His holy shit. Is, there was a moment I didn't punch my father when he was beating up my mother. And yeah. I and I want to rectify it. And if I can't, I'll be a broken human. And in that moment, yes. Chris Rock was daddy. Jada was mama. <laughs> and he was like, I am my slapping. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. 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 okay, okay. We'll save it. We'll save it. <laughs> we'll save it. <laughs> back, back to questions about books. Do you have favorite bookstores? You know, I really try and do libraries. If I'm going to okay. write in the book, I try and do thrifted books. So I like mm. um, um, thriftbooks.com. My favorite bookstore is, um, what's the one with all the plants? Uh, Skylight. No, no, it's, is it? In oh. Silver Lake? No, I it's mean, uh, on, in, oh, Romans? No. Oh, the last bookstore, which is in Pasadena. Oh, and it has this like beautiful. Wait, the last bookstore is a downtown. They have one in Pasadena too? Yes, there's, yeah, I didn't know there was one downtown. Oh, the one downtown is the one where people always take the Instagram photos where it's like oh, a wall of you know books. What? And like, it's called Lost Books. Oh, okay. Lost Books. That's yeah, one yeah, in yeah. Pasadena. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great. Glad we talked about every bookstore in LA. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this is sort of our speed round. What's the last book that made you laugh? Uh, Casey Wilson's memoir. Okay, last book that made you cry? I cried in I cried in a lot of them. I cried uh, okay. I cried reading Betty Gilpin's uh, okay. memoir. Last book that made you angry? Mm, uh, Matthew Barry's memoir. Okay. <laughs> Last book where you felt like you learned a lot? Um, one book that actually really shifted my daily life is Rue McClanahan's memoir, um, which has a phenomenal, phenomenal title, which is uh, My First Five Husbands and the Ones Who Got Away. Uh, an incredible, <laughs> incredible memoir. I absolutely loved it. And in it, she's actually talking about how she gets into these five marriages that she doesn't really mean to be into. And the way she talks about it and the way she comes away from it, she really drills this thing into your head, which is like, just say, I'll think about it. Like when someone asks you something, just say, I'll think about it. Just say, I'll think about it. Mm. I have an intense people pleasing that comes from a very dark place of even just like survival, just like have to make sure everything's good. And I always get myself in, I get myself into lunches I don't want to be a part of, dinners, purchases. Like I'm, I I can't negotiate. I'll give you double. And so her <laughs> book really uh, drilled it home in a way where like I moved through my life and, I'll, and I've learned to say, can I think about it? And it's really mm. helped me out. I love that for you. Thank you. I really uh, I am not it. a people pleaser. I am a uh, quick to know. Quick, quick to know. Like, no, thank you. Oh, that's so well, sexy. 
Or I just don't respond. Oh, I just wait. I could never. Oh, I'm giving monologues. I'm giving pages. I'm writing emails. I don't want to be. Um, do you have a problematic favorite book? I don't have a problematic favorite, but I did just read Angela Lansbury's for our New Year's episode because it's a health and wellness book with some life stuff in it. And um, it is so problematic. I shouldn't have been able to enjoy it as much as I did, but I kind of just like found the problematic parts funny and had a great time. I I love that. Um, Is there any book that you think people would be surprised to know that you love? Yeah, there was a book called tales from the dugout about this triple a player and <laughs> his life and i i don't even remember who now but i remember it at some point recommending it to someone be like man this book is awesome and they were like this book is the worst book i've ever read and so i think perhaps it was in my life in a moment where somehow that was good to me you needed but it you needed to know about dugouts. Oh also the same with the tipping point i, I don't know mm. like not a book i would like in my life. You know what I mean? Like we can look back on and be like, oh, I guess that was kind of like pseudoscience. And like, I remember being like, man, this book jams. Yeah. No, I used to love him. And then I read his, like one of his more recent books and I was like, oh, oh. Malcolm Gladwell is my personal nemesis. And he's definitely on my problematic fave list yes. for sure. Yes. I would say that's my problematic. And I don't even yeah. want to call it a favorite anymore. Like I'm not holding it in esteem. Right. I'm not going to defend it. Right. I'm just sort of like, oh, I do remember loving that. And that was probably not great. Not great. Yeah. Um, if you were a high school teacher, what's a book you would assign to your students? You know, I would assign uh, Cicely Tyson's. I would assign Mm. Jolly Parton's um, because, and I would assign them together, particularly when learning about civil rights, um, because the way they both discuss, you know, where they were and what happened when JFK died, the way Mm. Martin Luther King's death is not in Dolly's, but is in in every, and I'm not just Dolly, but it's in every Black memoirist memoir is like the moment Martin Luther King died. And in and that kind of touch point is in and out of other memoirs. Same way with modern memoirs, 9-11. We have a thing on the podcast we call 9-11 to purpose pipeline, where like they're like, 9-11 <laughs> happened and this is what I did. So it's like, 9-11 happened. Jessica Simpson's like, I am going to marry Nick Lachey. Like, 9-11 right. happened. And what's another one that I just read? 9-11 happened. Ricky Lake's like, I'm getting a house in Malibu. So anyways, <laughs> there's these touch points in history, but I would say like reading about it through these celebrity memoir lenses, it really makes the story um, stick it just feels a lot more real than reading about it in a textbook. And I think it's proven to stay in your brain when it's tied to a narrative, when you're working through history yeah. and really just like what history was like living in the moment, which is so different than when we like talk about it in a textbook as this like intense time where it's like really you're just humans living in this moment. It's like different for everyone. Yeah. I rarely ask this question, though it's been on the questionnaire since the first time we ever did the show, which, but I'm going to ask you because you're a TV person. Is there any book you'd like to see adapted into film or TV? You know, I personally was like, can I adapt Demi Moore's book? <laughs> um, mm. I actually want the friendship story in Tina Turner's book about her and her best friend. I would like to adapt that into a series myself again. <laughs> um, Minka <laughs> Kelly's memoir is not out yet, but it's all the themes I'm deeply in love with, which is like single moms and survival and growing up poor. And I'm like, I don't, I haven't even read it. I'm like, maybe that should be a TV show. I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 I love that. Okay. Last one. If you could require the current president of the United States to read one book, which would it be? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. It's tough because I feel like all of the great social policy books, like everything from Nicklin and Dime, like that's on their list, you know, so they've read it. So let me think, let me think particularly of what celebrity memoir I would want them to read. Gabrielle Union's first memoir. Mm, that's the, we're going to need more wine. Yeah, that, we're going to need more one? wine. Listen, they're going to have a great time reading it, but also yes. they're going to learn a lot. And um, it has a lot about um, shame and trauma in it in a way that I think Biden could really, you know, no, Biden's actually gone through a lot. Um, <laughs> he has gone through a lot. He's gone through a lot. I, th- I think that'd be a good book. Let me think if I can think of one more. Um, what book would change the world? Okay. <laughs> you, know, you know what? It's, it's, it's maybe Jane Fonda's. Okay. Because they really need That's to get good. their climate shit together and their gun laws together. And I think that book, yeah. that, that, that book could maybe do it. I love it. Jane Fonda and Gabrielle Union saving America. 
two celebrity memoirs at a time. All right, everybody. This has been Chelsea Devantes. You can find her on the socials. You can find her podcast, which you must listen to. It's very fun. Her book's going to come out later. We'll share all of that when it gets here. Chelsea and I will be back on Wednesday, January 25th to discuss The Meaning of Mariah Carey by Mariah Carey, my girl. I can't fucking wait. And that's going to be awesome. There will be spoilers. So read the book. Get ready, people. Happy New Year. Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. And happy New Year. Thank you so much for having me. And everyone else, we will see you in the stacks. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you again to Chelsea Devantes for being our guest. Chelsea will be back on January 25th to discuss our book club selection of Mariah Carey's autobiography, The Meaning of Mariah Carey, written with Michaela Angela Davis. If you love the show and want inside access to it, head to patreon.com slash the stacks to join the stacks pack. Remember, you have till the end of January to join and get access to our reading tracker. Make sure you're subscribed to The Stacks wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. For more from The Stacks, follow us on social media at The Stacks Pod on Instagram and at The Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter. And check out our website, thestackspodcast.com. This episode of The Stacks was edited by Christian Duenas with production assistance from Lauren Tyree. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite and our theme music is from Tegiragis. The Stacks is created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. 